0: Do you like true crime? Do you like horror? Did you just say yes to either of those questions?
1: Then you'll probably love us. We are What's Blood Got to Do With It? Yep, we're a comedy-laden true crime and horror podcast hosted by two California sisters with a penchant for murder, mysteries, and the downright disturbing. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm Brittany. And I'm Grace. And you can find us on your favorite listening apps such as stitchers spotify itunes soundcloud and google play music you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter or visit our website at www.whatsbloodgottodowithit.com love each other don't kill each other the bellboys in hotel bellboys handle guest luggage at the time of arrival departure or any luggage movement bellboys work eight hours a shift round the clock
2: uh, this world has become so corrupt as I'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand talking to it or looking at it and I'm about to go crazy. Literally, I'm about to go completely flywheel loose and just fall apart. Let's let's not get let's
1: not get into blood and guts because because that's what you're trying to get into. Come on, fumble Bam
2: motherfucker. It'll be a miracle if this tape ever is permitted to become Knowledge that could spread across the world to even give individuals a chance to know what we have to say. Oh, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. When my sphincter is stimulated, I laugh. Did you guys ever hear the Between the Bumbles where I made Jordan's burp super loud? (laughs) Yeah. And affecty (laughs) to prove to the audience that Jordan's a fucking gross human? I think they know that already.
1: Somebody commented about the fart and the burp. I the think fart. you fart, your fart, because you, we were all sitting here, oh, yeah. and this is before we had the amplifier, you're just like, and <laughs> 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 we look over and you're just like, chilling, <laughs> like, who did that? must who be a fucking Spectre mouse <laughs> or something, the fucking brown Spectre strikes again, Yeah. <laughs> Shit and farting everywhere. That's the way it works. Did, yeah,
2: I didn't know that ever picked up, so that's good.
1: Did uh, Crystal send you that? email about the woman who stabbed her husband because there was, uh, twirl stains in the toilet from him <laughs> no, shit marks. No. I was like, you know what? If that was Adam's wife, he'd be a dead man <clears <clears <throat> yeah. Oh, I'd be cooked. <laughs> you know what's good? As long as the shit's in the water and the twirls, usually they only last a few flushes. It's yeah. like when they're outside of the water, then you have to manually. Go in there
0: with your toothbrush and get them. You gotta fight it.
1: Right. Well, do you have a toilet brush at your house, Jordan? No. He doesn't. I do. I just refuse you to clean, use it. Do you clean your own toilet? Yeah, with my toothbrush. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. He I, toothbrushes it and then Norm polishes it. I'm so lazy. I just like take the squeezy nipple bottle and just fill the outside and let it soak in there and then it goes away And I just flush it <laughs> a bunch of times. That's like one of my biggest fears because I just got done cleaning the room today. I uh, got all the chemicals everywhere. clean the toilet, everything. And then, and then it hit me. I'm like, I got to use that bathroom. But I'm scared of sitting on all the chemicals that Guess I just what? sprayed all over there. Guess what?
2: Your Uncle Adam has felt a burn yeah. from Lysol toilet <laughs> gel. Because I forgot that I did it. I was wasted. And then I, uh, uh, I used to scrub my toilet only when I was wasted. So <laughs> my like, toilet was always clean.
1: It's fine. <laughs>
2: But afterwards, I sat down and took a shit, and then like an hour later, I was like, "Oh, my dick hurts," <laughs> and it was like I looked out; it was all red because it was this. I had a little Ooh. chemical burn from uh, the Lysol. God damn, that, that was has That has to hurt. It wasn't fun. No. The only worst pain was getting that uh, icy hot on my nut. Oh fuck that!
1: Yeah, that was. Well, where were you even? Why were you even rubbing that remotely, remotely close to your
2: balls? My thighs. I was rubbing my thighs down. Okay. Then I scratched my nut, and it was the worst mistake of my life. And then I jumped in the shower, thinking that would help no. fix the situation. <laughs> it penetrates. Makes it, worse. it
1: penetrates the skin. Mm. You're pretty much done at that point.
2: I called my mom, who was out of the house at the time, and I was just laying on the laundry room floor, like crying. Didn't <laughs> your I balls didn't, I did burned else. that
1: bad? Yeah. I can't. Uh, that that smells like burned in my memory of old people. Mm, yeah. Every time I smell. Old gay. I assume there's a... Ben gay? (laughs) Old Ben gay. (laughs) I just combined old people and (laughs) Ben gay together. (laughs) Give me that old gay rub over there. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma, you rubbing that old gay on (laughs) you again? God damn it. You gotta
2: chill with the old gay.
1: Do you think Ben gay was made by a man named, in fact, Ben gay? I don't know. Or is it just like, Ben is happy, but he's not gay? Like,
2: is it old? It's probably like a combination of Benjamin and Gaylord, mm-hmm. the two men that invented it or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah, that could be. Like Enhouser
1: busch well, That's an okay name. Yeah. I mean, it, this this world-renowned name now. I like
2: those commercials where he's like, you dirty Irish prick, you'll never <laughs> make it in this country. And then he's like, my name is Thomas Busch.
1: <laughs> I am Giban Anhauser. Well, he, he's up here. Irish? I don't know. I assume that was a German name. I don't, I don't know. know yeah, it's German very age.
2: German. Sure, I don't know. Let's yeah, ask the fucking beer expert over here. About All I know it. is it was awesome because it was like I thought you don't uh, like Bud. No, Bud gives you headaches. Yeah, it's, it's made gross. out of it's made out of rice.
1: Remember when our boy Casey would drink it just because it had an American flag on the. Oh can? yeah. what did they change it to? Freedom or is it America? I don't know. Yeah, they called it America for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> how come you? How come you're drinking a monster over there, Jordan? You're, a little off I'm kilter. Very tired slash still hungover. Wow. That's a deadly combo. It is. That's what got Bob Hope. That is what he got was Bob Hope. He's tired and hungover. Hung and Bob over living. <laughs> He's not even dead yet, is he? Nobody, you know, he, maybe Drew Carey killed him.
2: There can only be one.
1: <laughs> I like, assume so. I haven't watched that fucking show in so long. Dude, it's not good anymore. It's always on in the
2: break room at work. Yeah.
1: I. Did, I oh, yeah, because old Crimpin Willie wants <laughs> to watch it. Back when they used to leave the TV on at work all the time, they used to have, okay, by the time I'd get in there, it's usually like Judge Judy was playing, or... Days this, of Our Lives. Yeah, Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that my parents got, like,
2: super into Days of Our Lives for a while? Yeah, that sounds awful, but you know what <laughs> doesn't sound awful? What? Firing off. And saying hello and welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. I am Adam. Across from me is Cody, say hello. Hello. Across from me is Jordan, say hello. Hello. Now. (laughs) Tired, hungover boy. We are going to play a game. Okay. It's called First Person to Raise Their Hand Gets to Tell Me How Their Week Was. Go. Okay, Jordan, go ahead. Jordan, you
1: win. Oh, my that God. That was the slowest fucker. Such a bucket. great prize. He's so excited to tell you about
0: his <laughs> week. Uh yeah, my, my week was weird, I guess, because <laughs> of the holidays. Like, worked Monday, had Tuesday off, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. had to work and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of that. Um What did you do for leisure? For leisure, I sat at home and watched TV. Yeah. I did not do a lot this week.
1: Yeah. Wow. Cody. Ready? Yes. I'm ready for you. Ooh, I didn't start 2019 off on the best foot, Um, but... Why is that? I don't want to go into that, to be honest. He with you. already told me. Yeah, I don't want to go into it. It wasn't good. Awesome. Anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, so 2019 hasn't been great so far, but I have a feeling it's about to change this
2: recording. Why the fuck would you think that? Because it always does. You need to give that dream up immediately. <laughs> why? <laughs> you need to give up on that and realize that this life w- is shit. Yeah. Life is pain.
1: That's why we do this, to pretend like life's cool for an hour and a half or whatever, however long we sit here and do this shit. Yeah. No, it's uh, it was all right. You know, you go to work, you come home, you watch TV, you go to bed. Okay, both up. of you are terrible <laughs> and you're depressing. In well, let's bag. hear about you here, Mr. Paul Gunther. Let's you ready to hear about Paul Gunther's experience? <laughs> yeah. Who the hell's Paul Gunther? <laughs> He's a defensive coordinator for the Oakland Raiders. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking
2: a real Paul gunther over there, so fire away here. <laughs> All right, this week, amazing. I okay. found out the rules to Basketball okay <laughs> and I, I, feel, learned, I
1: feel like you should know should have known that a long time ago. or at
2: least had a basic concept listen i I always understood that the big men go near the hoop <laughs> and you can't stand in the paint for more than three seconds okay all right other than that i didn't know why things happened i didn't know why there were so many fucking timeouts yeah, i didn't know really why annoying. oh it's terrible but now that i know the strategy it makes sense you got to move that personnel around.
1: Do you wish you would have took Jordan up on his free Timberwolf tickets off or no?
2: No. I still don't want to <laughs> go see live basketball, but playing DraftKings basketball is kind of ah. fun. And also playing that NBA 2K game I found in a car. Okay, if it's fun.
1: fantasy basketball, don't you just draft LeBron all the time? Well, it's like... Or Curry or whoever?
2: On that DraftKings, not to get off into a gambling sidetrack, but you have the on the ones i play you have like a salary cap mm-hmm. and then each player is rated with a dollar amount so then like the salary cap is like 50 grand so lebron's like 10,000 mm. or like 15,000 yeah, yeah 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 so you got to spend your money wisely Did Yeah. You...
0: first off you don't even need lebron all you need is giannis and antetokounmpo from yeah. the
2: milwaukee bucks that weird looking it's... gentleman is pretty good at no, bur- i'm pretty that sure basket.
1: he just made that up did you by chance put Joe Flacco on your fantasy basketball team again
2: <laughs> Joe Flacco was left off vol-less and will be I don't for- think
1: people understand
2: what you did but that was uh that's pretty funny a few weeks ago. I didn't realize that Joe Flacco was not a starting quarterback anymore. Oh. <laughs> so I drafted him on uh, DraftKings for like three different games. <laughs> and he was an expensive QB. I wish they would have told that, me he was That's out. really weird. He was expensive
1: because he was uh, on the fucking bench. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, he did nothing for me. <laughs>
2: I can imagine. In fact, I lost everything that day.
1: It's hard for him to do much when he's sitting on the bench watching. Yeah. But, uh, and by everything, I mean I lost like 43 cents because mm, I play 10-cent well, games. for some people, that might be everything. <laughs> yeah. You never know. For Paul Gunther, that might be his whole it could life-saving. Be. I mean, it is the Raiders, right? <laughs> I think you need to look up a picture of Paul Gunther because he basically looks like a human mole, kind mm. of. Just a little stubby man, no neck. I don't think there's a neck on him. Well, that's me, like to a you T. You got a nice neck. No, that's me, to you a T. You got the... If you In the percentile, you're in, like, the 99th percentile for beautiful necks, I'd say. Beautiful necks, 99th yeah. percentile?
2: Isn't that bad? Don't you want to be, like, the one... No,
1: I... Right? Am I right?
0: Uh, yeah, no, 99th percentile is right. That's good? Yeah, yeah. that's good. Okay. so you- I know it sounds very wrong. It's like, you could just say you're in the top 1%. <laughs> I agree.
1: Yeah, I guess. Whatever. I agree 100 fucking percent. See, so you but- have a beautiful neck. All right, nice. Yeah, I can... Okay, I just looked up Paul Gunther. (laughs) Do you see a neck on that man?
0: No. No, I do not. It goes straight from shoulder to double chin to head.
2: (laughs) Do you see me in that picture?
0: Slash jewels.
1: If you had one of those golfer hats that has the top missing for some reason. A visor. A visor.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're such a fucking idiot.
0: Uh, one of those golfing hats that has the top missing. Let me give you a five-letter word that's going to save you a lot of breath.
1: It's fine. Only douchebags wear them anyway. Yeah, And I'm sitting sitting by that, too. And Hunter S. Thompson. Did he wear one? I don't know. In Fear of Loathing in wore, Las Vegas. I thought he wore a fedora with the top missing. Like a fedora visor.
0: No, he liked wearing those bucket hats. Yeah, he was a bucket hat man. His
2: bucket hat?
0: He was a Gilligan man.
1: But he's probably never fished in his life. Mm. I would... Okay, wh- I
2: would argue that. Yeah, I would also argue that. Well, how Can you prove it? He did, he did a, a lot of outdoorsy shit. He used to write for ESPN Outdoors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you gotta learn your Hunter S facts. You <laughs> need to study him more. That's right. Apparently he's a
1: He also enjoys just shop.
0: waking up and shooting a few rounds out of his rifle.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Out the window. This is a pretty normal day. It's a Texas wake up.
2: Just like my hero in the movie Schindler's List. What did he do to wake up? Voldemort woke
1: up. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Stretched out,
2: walked out on the balcony. So
1: when he got hung in that movie, then he turned into Voldemort? So, like, Schindler's list like a prequel to Harry Mm. Potter. Okay.
2: See, what they didn't show you in Schindler's Munitions Factory Mm -hmm. was it was actually... They're making wands. A Jewish
1: magic school. Okay, all right, all right, it all makes sense now.
2: But we're muggles, so we couldn't see it.
1: <laughs> they exactly. got it. Huh?
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of necks and hangings, <laughs> okay. the story today Ooh. is going to involve that. Hell yeah. And I have titled it The End of the Rope. Hmm. And it is also the end of my episodes on Minnesota Murder. So this is the uh, this is the last story. Everybody wave farewell. Wave it's farewell. Gone. Bye-bye. Wave farewell. This came at the right time for me. Uh, Cody... Lent me Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about a lot of Old West things. <laughs> and this is not exactly the Old West, but we're uh, just getting out of it. In See, what
1: you, what you're going to learn today is nobody has died since this time period in Minnesota. Never. I mean, we're all immortal, vampire, uh, sultan, jeans mm-hmm. gins. Yes, that's everything. right. We're hey. magical beings who don't die or kill each other. So Ever. Never.
2: Once this was figured out. That was it. Once this case was over, that was it.
1: That's all it took for
2: immortality, the end of that rope. Boys, we have been talking so long, my computer went to sleep. But here we go.
1: (laughs) Just like Jordan.
2: As America found itself jettisoning forward out of the rough-and-tumble 1800s and into the settled and civilized world we live in today, the global stage began to see the railroad spanning the entire continent, Mm. just as gas and the beginning of electricity were phasing out candles. A new phenomena of self-consciousness and guilt was sweeping from the ultra-settled and high-class New England region and had come all the way to our little frozen corner of the country mm. right here in St. Paul. Upon analysis, these New England reformers <laughs> deemed some of the practices of the previous century archaic, including hanging criminals.
1: Weren't they burning fucking witches from New England around this time? How are they going to no, call us No, archaic? that was
2: like <laughs> 500 years earlier. Or hey, I yeah, I bet they were still
1: killing them. Probably. Yeah, I, I mean, don't I, trust them. No one knows what they do in hear, Boston. Whenever I hear 1800s New, Ingu- New Englanders, all I think of is like Puritans. Yeah, you that's, yeah, saying? yeah, sure. I, maybe that's because I've watched The Witch too many times. Think
2: more Blackwater residents in Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay, okay like, all right. wanting the long arm dick of the government. Okay, coming. all right. On the other side of that coin, these reformers accepted and encouraged government corruption. <laughs> if you've been a long-time listener, you know that most of my episodes so far have ended in hanging of some sort, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's just a... I think that's just uh, how you like people to die, apparently. It's
1: decent. Yeah. Apparently or- it's a good death, so... We will find out, won't we? Unless his head <laughs> pops off, I guess. Well, that would just be fucking <laughs> awesome. It's like if your neck snaps, you're dead in five seconds. If your head pops off, you're dead in, what, 20 seconds, so I guess... Is it Really? Something like that. Oh, yeah, 14 seconds? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you don't, you don't Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, his head. They cut his head off and they slapped him. And then he gave him a really angry look, like, oh, why yeah. did you slap me? What the fuck was that for? Yeah, maybe he didn't realize his head wasn't connected. <laughs> <laughs> when getting slapped after your ads cut off is the most offensive thing. I, I think you got bigger issues to handle here. It's
2: got to be a huge shock. Yeah, It's like my body's gone, and Meg. now somebody slapped the <laughs> shit out of me for no reason. I've
0: been humiliated enough. Yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> exactly. leave Fucking me alone. <laughs>
2: I lost like 200 pounds right there. <laughs> Minnesota in 1905 was a political powder keg. Mm -hmm. As a state which was entering what I would call its teenage years, Mm -hmm. it was facing some growing pains. The highfalutin reformers wanted an end to hangings, and the other half wanted to stick what had been working to deter crime. During such a time as this, the case we're about to talk about, the story of William Williams. (laughs) is exactly what the muckraking public needed to pounce on in order to find moral outrage.
1: He prefers Bill Bill Bil- Billy Bills Billy Bill
2: Billy Bills. So you can yeah.
1: obviously take William to Bill, but can you take if your last name is William, Williams can you shorten Bill?
2: that? I mean, just call him Bill, I guess. And that's kind of what I do here. Yeah. No, not really. I call him William Williams William all the Williams. time. Is it fucking funny? <laughs> So, just like today, like I was saying, these reformers looking for moral outrage. No matter the outcome, both sides would find a way to claim victory. Sounds pretty familiar. Mm -hmm. At 1 a.m. on April 13th, 1905, an out-of-sorts and haggard man pounded on the door of Mrs. Emma Klein, who resided at One Reed Court in St. Paul. Mrs. Klein was already awake when the man knocked, however... Because overhead, the sound of gunshots and screams from the Keller apartment had acted as its own cruel alarm clock. Are you saying, like, there's domestic abuse going
1: on upstairs? That's what usually wakes her up? Yeah. She's, okay. That's,
2: like, around this time. There's a gunshot, somebody's yeah. screaming. Okay. And then she's, she's like, ah, oh, fuck, no.
1: I gotta go to work. Yeah. She's like, oh, <laughs> shut that's up. The bell. <laughs> Is she hitting her broom on the ceiling? <laughs> shut like, the fuck up up there. <laughs> Give me
2: nine more minutes. <laughs> Miss Klein answered the door and let the man in at once She recognized him as William Williams Mm. An occasional visitor of the Kellers And a man Mrs. Klein had seen countless times But when he came in, he seemed agitated and unable to be still for more than a second He avoided eye contact at all times And simply blurted that someone had shot the Keller boy And she needed to go check on him and his mother He then disappeared into the night (sighs) Wow, shifty, shifty bill shifty bill billiams (laughs) mrs klein took the steps two at a time as she bounded towards the upstairs apartment when she entered the open door she saw mrs keller sitting upright at the kitchen table bleeding profusely from a wound in her back but she was able to weakly mutter
0: bill shot my boy he nearly killed me as well grab the lamp and go see if my boy is dead
2: I don't know if that's what I'd be saying
1: in this fucking hole in my back, but all right. That's a mother's love right there. His name's William, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Please use his
2: full and proper name. William Bill Williams. (laughs) With some reluctance and already unfortunately sure she knew the answer, she tiptoed into the next room where she found young Johnny Keller lying on his side in bed looking like a sleeping 16-year-old after a hard day at school. Mm. Although he was still alive, he had two bullet holes behind his right ear. Damn. Mrs. Klein, feeling scared, stayed only a short time before scurrying away. Meanwhile, the same haggard and out-of-sorts man appeared suddenly at the St. Paul Central Police Station. Speaking excitedly and anxiously, William Bill Williams (laughs) told Lieutenant Hanft of the SPPD that he had shot someone. And they needed desperately to send an ambulance to one reed court. as they could still be saved.
1: Why didn't he just call 911? It is 1905.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a tin cup Why to didn't call he send a telegram? <laughs> Get that
1: Western Union boy over here. I gotta send a telegram. <laughs> it's an emergency.
2: Oh, fuck. Well, this is
1: weird. Why is he confessing? Fucking
0: strange. It is strange. Yeah, there was like... No fun in trying to figure out who did it.
2: God, it's almost like this story is heading in a completely different direction. I think it's a direction. Trap. Do you think I've led a misdirection to I you? I think he did. Well, I might not have, because I don't know if I did.
1: <laughs> okay. We'll all
2: find out together. <laughs> Ooh. Hampst, the lieutenant, began questioning the man immediately, and Williams kept saying he didn't know why he'd done it, but after a while he began to ramble about a quarrel with the boy's mother The reason and details he could not tell. And another explanation that he wanted the boy to go away with him, but he would not go. Okay, very strange. Hmm. When questioned about a weapon, Williams said he left his revolver in the Keller apartment, the scene of the crime. Williams was placed under immediate arrest, of course. Hmm. And the police sped off to one Reed Court, where the still-bleeding and alive mother and son pair were discovered. Sixteen-year-old Johnny Keller died that afternoon... His mother died eight days later. Rough. Yeah, very rough. What led to this horrible affair, you may ask?
1: That's what I'm wondering.
2: Good, because I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Please do. The mortal passion of love, which can take so many forms. William Williams was an immigrant from St. Ives, Cornwall. Hmm. Can somebody read to me about St. Ives, Cornwall?
0: St. Ives is a town in Cornwall, England, known for its surf beaches like Portmure and its art scene. The Seafront Tate St. Ives Gallery has rotating modern art exhibitions focusing on British artists. Nearby, the Barbara Hepworth Museum and Sculpture Garden in the modernist artist's former studio <laughs> displays her bronzes and other works. Boat trips to go to Seal Island just west of town to see the seal colony. So this is a
2: bougie resort vacation. I didn't know there ah, was, I didn't know there the were bougie.
1: seals in England.
2: There's seals everywhere. Yeah, they're off California. They're off England. They're—I think—they're pretty much anywhere.
0: Kill them all. There's even seals Buggery. in Minnesota. At the zoo. They're,
2: that's <laughs> thank right. You,
1: thank you, Mister Educational Teacher. You're all You're welcome. It's what I'm
2: here for. Fuck you. And thank fuck you, Dad. The joke. Seals. Yeah. Williams was 27 in 1905. He was uneducated, but not unintelligent. He came over from the seal colony capital of the world when mm. he was
1: 20. Did he ride two seals over all the way to Minnesota? He fastened them together.
0: <laughs> just strapped them on like a pair of uh, ocean
1: rollerblades.
2: That's right. That's, That's right. He just skating the way in. <laughs>
1: We got a killer whale coming in <laughs> starboard. Watch out, seals. <laughs> Evasive <based some> maneuvers. <laughs> <laughs> I just see, like, barrel rolls in the water. trying to ev- evade fucking Free Willy. <laughs> He's hungry, boys. Fight him off.
2: <laughs> so he escaped there when he was 20. Okay. Not escaped, but tried his luck in Minnesota. Er, right. Uh, America. It could have been an escape. The seals might have been taken over. Dude. Especially in St. Ives. Yeah. When he got here, immediately he joined the service, which is a weird thing for an immigrant to do, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. He did spend a portion of that time in the guardhouse, though, for attempted mutiny. The guardhouse, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, is like the brig or military yeah, prison. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, that would be my guess. I wish there was some more information about his attempted mutiny, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I know. thought mutiny kind of stopped once pirates
1: disappeared. Yeah. But- No, no, I don't think so. I think that's just when one person rallies, everybody gather up on the leader. Yeah, it's pretty pretty much. What we're going to do to him eventually. At some point? Oh, he's the leader? Yep. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I think, isn't he the guy who started this whole shindig? He's the main character of this show.
2: (laughs) He is. After his service, he spent a two-year stint at St. Cloud Correctional Facility for being a little too ready to pull a knife in a fight. Mm, Hmm. That'll do it. Once all his ruffianism was out of the way, he seemed to have settled down as a steam fitter, but never stayed on at the same job for long, <laughs> always f- choosing to be an intermittent workman to avoid getting bogged down and trapped.
1: Okay. So do you know what a steam fitter is? Yeah, they steam fit pipes. Hmm. Sounds exhilarating.
2: It doesn't sound that fun. I certainly wouldn't like it. <laughs> sounds to like do. a
1: lot of burns. A yeah. A lot of hand Old. burns.
2: A lot of... <laughs> a lot of industrial accidents, yeah. I'd imagine. Yep. A lot of putting
1: seal blubber around the seal to seal the steam in there.
2: That's how you do it. Yeah. So, okay. If I learned one thing from Dishonored, it's that whale (laughs) oil is is life, apparently. Did you ever play those games? Yeah, I did. I actually think
1: that oil, uh, if I remember right, they only have like a little cavity in their head it comes out of. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Or there's something like in their head where they get the oil out, if I could be wrong.
2: We should do a whale oil expose. <laughs>
1: I think so. On this I podcast. just remember from, uh, what's the History Channel uh, show about cryptids they used to have, Jordan? Oh uh, You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's like a monster. Monsters instance. and mysteries in America? Yeah. Mm. They're talking about a whale cryptid, apparently. Wow. Yeah. A whale. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I remember. That'd when, be man. amazing Don't if it. there's a <laughs> whale Just okay. eight, eight uh, lots of seals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Williams had met young Johnny Keller two years before the murders While well, they were both being treated for the most early 1900s disease on earth mm. Diphtheria no, I said diarrhea but... does, uh, does anybody want to read this or I can if nobody else wants to
0: I'll take a stab at it Diphtheria is an infection caused by the bacterium Corynebacterium diphtheriae Signs and symptoms may fo- may vary from mild to severe. They usually start two to five days after exposure. Symptoms often come on fairly gradually, beginning with a sore throat and fever. In severe cases, a gray or white patch develops in the throat. This can block the airway and create a barking cough as in croup. I don't know what a croup is, but cra-
2: crappy group? Babies, babies get it a lot. It's, it's like a, type, a bad cough. It's a type of fish, I think. No, no. <laughs> No. (laughs) A crooper? (laughs) Continue,
0: Jordan. (laughs) The neck may swell, in part due to enlarged lymph nodes. A form of diphtheria that involves the eyes, skin, or genitals also exists. Hmm. Complications may include myocarditis, inflammation of the nerves, kidney problems, and bleeding problems due to low levels of platelets myocarditis may result in an abnormal heart rate and inflammation of the nerves
2: may result in paralysis. Sounds fucking terrible. That's a lot of fun. Seems yeah. like a party. And you get to just, like, roll the dice of am I going to be paralyzed now because <laughs> of this. And that's great. Yeah. But the vaccines, they came along, and mm. this isn't really a concern anymore No, for me. thank God. It yeah, it's going to come normal. back with the anti-vaxxers. Possibly. Fucking more. Why do you Possibly. always
1: got to offend them? You are an because they're event. idiots.
2: <laughs> you are right. <laughs> they were thrown in together as patients at the St. Paul City and County Hospital and became fast friends. That's creepy. At the time, Johnny was a handsome and well-put-together 14-year-old boy who was working as a bellboy at St. Paul's prestigious Windsor Hotel. Mm, I um, wish I was, too. Johnny's a well-put-together 14-year-old boy? Well, I wish I was a bellboy at whatever the hotel Me too. you just made up was. Me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's father, John, was a failing cook, whose efforts to sustain his family had led him to work opportunities outside of Saint Paul, pulling him away from his family for extended periods of time.
1: Is a failed cook just someone who's sober? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because I'm pretty sure you have to be wasted to be a cook or a they're chef, not drunk they're enough to like
2: have yeah. the attention span you, no, <laughs> to do no, to be a absolutely chef. Absolutely not. Mary Keller also had a job to help supplement the income, which was meager and young Johnny was forced to find a job at an early age to help with the bills. Mm. Is he stonemason? I think he was stonemason. Hell yeah. Jordan's forefathers. That's right. (laughs) When the two were released from the hospital, model son, Johnny Keller, defied his parents and went to live with William Williams. First, they stayed in a boarding house, then a hotel. The older man developed a tremendous passion for the young boy. All accounts say it was reciprocated. This
1: This ain't creepy passion, is it? I think it's
2: going to become creepy passion. Mm, I'm not happy about it. All accounts say it was reciprocated, but how could it be when he was a 14-year-old child? Right. They were inseparable companions. Keller was loving the new life. At 14, he had already been employed for three years, and this new life living free and easy was the absolute dream. All right. How the handsome young Keller could be physically attracted to Williams was a hotly contested issue between their contemporaries. Become because Williams was apparently
1: an ugly, tough-looking customer with squared shoulders, pallid blue cheeks, frowning brow, and beady black eyes. Yeah,
2: so an ugly, sexy, an ugly mutt. Is I've all never seen a
1: mm-hmm. like. Okay, to get blue cheeks. Like, is that, like, old-timey makeup on there, you think, or is that... No. Think of, like, old English women, and they had, like, the clown makeup. I'm going to go face. ahead and say
0: this is probably a side effect of diphtheria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah,
1: okay. Like so natu- or, like, vitamin deficiency. natural Exposure
2: makeup. to seals, sure. <laughs> Definitely a seal disease of Do some kind. you point.
1: eat too many seals? This is what happens to you, people. You get squared shoulders. Pallid blue cheeks. Hmm. And a frowning brow like old Jordan over there. And beady black seal eyes. Jordan, did you know it only takes four muscles to smile and 8,000 to frown? <laughs> did you know that, Jordan?
2: <laughs> I hate mm-hmm. that meme so much. The book I'm getting this information from, once again, hmm. is Minnesota Murders by Walter Trennery.
1: I feel like I've heard of him before. Yeah.
2: Old Walt. Once or twice I've yeah. gone to this well. <laughs> Just yep. a little bit. This book is Tinted by Time. I'm going to uh say something that made me feel I guess a little uncomfortable okay. w- in my 21st century <laughs> sensibilities. So Walter he's not he's not with the uh the customs of what words should and should not be used. This book was tinted. Mm. It was ma- it was published in 62, right? Mm, yeah. So he talks about how homosexual relationships are gross and okay. kind of like uh you know against the social yeah. norms and okay. something like that yeah. right. so it's just like i kind of tried to skirt around yeah. some of that stuff just because yeah. it's a good story but yeah. the way it was reported back then was not fantastic sometimes the authors share different opinions than you do and there's nothing i can do about it no and i'm not uh i just kind of avoid you can something. find walter Trennery and fight him uh, he I, could fight a skeleton.
1: Okay. Can we dig into the psychology that perhaps Walter was dumped by a 14-year-old bellboy at one point, and now he's very resentful? And he buried it in yeah.
2: near the end of his You book. can read
1: in between the lines that his heart has been broken. Oh, yeah, by a bellman. And he, he, he misses little Johnny, his own bellboy.
2: His mm. own little bellboy. Yeah. Bellboy to his, his heart.
1: <laughs> that digged his dinged his bell many times
2: <laughs> he delivered his emotional suitcases right up to the top floor of his heart
1: <laughs> <sighs>
2: so now we've got the weird tiptoe obviously bigoted 60s way of calling somebody a homosexual out of the way okay in 1904 williams was working as a steam fitter in winnipeg and hmm. took johnny with him to manitoba <laughs> the two returned shortly after saying the sleeping conditions were no good for johnny which could have been code for not being able to find privacy. Mm. Or maybe they were met with criticism for their lifestyle choices. The difference between St. Ives lubricant
1: and maple syrup lubricant is... It's uncomfortable. You know what's funny? What?
2: In the Eminem album, is there something called St. Ives or St. Ives? Yeah, St. Ives Ives, uh, lotion. Yeah, Yeah, she talks about... Or Eminem talks about being with a woman... She smells like St. Ives. St. Ives from blowing at least five men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's that's where I've heard St. Ives before.
1: I think that's a little different than hand lotion, but... <laughs> I think okay, so. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Just stick to seal blubber. During this time, Mr. Chef Keller, the Ooh. failing but still better version of Guy Fieri, opposed <laughs> any association with Williams by his son, but working outside of St. Paul, he was unable to exert any direct influence. Mm. Daddy not happy.
1: I'm surprised, Guy, if he had, he didn't come put a couple bolts in the back of your head after you said that. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking. Don't you disrespect <laughs> you just our flavor his, savior. you just seen his head poking out behind that wall. Ooh, the last thing you'll name. see is those beautiful frosted tips. His <laughs> brain's me to about town. to
2: go to hot lead flavor <laughs> town, mm-hmm. buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was forced to let the relationship go on until such a time as he could act. By December nineteen oh four, the boy seemed ready to be back home with his family. Hmm. For the first time, he left Williams in Manitoba to join his father in Saint James, Minnesota. Does anybody know anything about St. James? Minnesota? I feel like I've heard mm, it. I know before. the name is Saint James. That's it. That's all I know of as well. Saint
1: James Bible, right? Correct. Right. Okay. So the that's Saint where the James Bible, Bible is written. No, in that's Saint the
0: King James version. <laughs> I, we can't let Cody think
2: he's wrong, right. but it's funny because he looks fucking stupid, and now the <laughs> fucking audience will you think You ruined
1: it, stu- you dumb shit. You are a real fucking Saint Jimmy.
2: You're a real Saint Jim. A week later, on the day after Christmas, 1904, Williams was unable to bear the separation any longer.
1: I need my boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he abandoned he's- his job and followed Johnny down to St. James'. And here he had a violent argument with Johnny's father. Mm-hmm.
1: Give me my boy.
2: That's not your boy. That's my boy. Give me he's my like, boy.
1: He's hitting the little like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I need to bury Johnny, my boy come in the boy. my boy. Ding, ding. He's sitting outside his window holding this bell thing. <laughs> Be, beep, beep, bell beep. boy. Ding, ding, ding. Johnny, come. Ding, ding, ding. ding. At least flash a suitcase out it was the window. Who is the original girl. Breakfast Club? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Hmm. During this violent argument Johnny's father said he would put Johnny in a reform school Before he would ever let him go back to Winnipeg With Williams Hmm. But the man's strange grasp On the boy's emotions was not yet broken And Johnny once again Trotted after Williams to Winnipeg Can't break up this love baby It should be noted here that once the two were resettled in Winnipeg, floundering cook John Keller wrote his son and his older man lover asking for a quick short-term loan. In spite of Johnny's (laughs) disobedience in December, the bonds of the relationship between Williams and the young boy were starting to loosen. When Johnny's mother sent him a railroad ticket in February, he took it back to his parents' St. Paul apartment. Within three days, Williams again abandoned his job and returned to the capital in pursuit of his young love. But he did not stay. He continued southwards to St. Louis, where he picked up another job, tried to save enough money to run off with Johnny again. Jesus Christ. During his furlough in Missouri, Williams wrote Johnny a crazy series of daily letters, usually signing them with... A kiss. Your loving friend, Bill. Let's not drop the L-bomb here quite
1: yet, Bill, (laughs) all right? You're going a little fast. getting a little clingy here, Bill, all right? With this 14 You're moving this relationship along a little faster than I need to. Mm. I just need to be my own person right now, Bill. It's not you, I got a lot of bells to be hitting right now. I got a lot of
2: luggage to be carrying. You got a lot of bells to boy. I can't (laughs) bell
0: your boy real
2: any time right now. I can't just bell your old man boy all the time. No. No. Williams' main narrative throughout all of these letters was coming from a place of pain. He believed he had been dumped and cut off from his young confidant's life, and kept reiterating that Johnny needed to reconsider before... Something drastic happened to him? On March 3rd, 1905, Williams wrote, You've been playing with my
0: emotions for long enough now, Johnny. It is time you tried something else for a change. Keep your promise to me this time, old boy. As it is your last chance. Seems weird to call him old boy. He's only fourteen. Yeah, he's a
1: very young boy. I feel like we're completely ignoring the like
2: pedophile aspect. Of no, this. are not. Right? We are okay, absolutely all right. not. Okay, all right. We are very not. I I was very aware of it but, the first time I read it, and yeah. it's subsequently, well, writing. But this.
1: We're kind of in a pickle too, because I in nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, might have been
2: normal. And who knows for a fourteen was there? year
1: old to marry. An old person. Probably
2: not a gay one, though. Like a gay... Yeah, f- the gay things were... That's, that's gotta be an issue. Ten days later, he wrote more ominously. I cannot believe
0: that you have gone back on me, and have good reason to think that others are doing this, not you. If I really thought it was yourself, I would see you so quick as
1: the train would get me there. And you know what would happen then? We would kiss passionately.
2: Hmm. I don't think so. There's plenty of other bellboys in the world, my friend. Please, please, when you're stuck in this depression spiral, like, yeah. you got to realize there's other bellboys out only there. only one
1: yeah. bell for me. No,
2: and there's
0: that's a 14 year
1: old <laughs> bell for him.
0: There's bells I think everywhere. I,
2: w- I think
1: we should, you, you in particular, should go to every hotel in the city and tell every bellboy. Don't if a William comes, ringing his bell. You don't you answer
2: that bell. If a man with two the same first names comes <laughs> in, don't serve him we your just, bell. I know you're a world around bellboy, but have you ever been in love
1: with a man named Willie, Will Williams, Will Williams? Yeah, yeah I've this heard. of a that, romant- man. Like this is kind of like should be a romantic comedy. Kind of should be no. turned into one. What?
2: I mean, I mean, I told you what happened at the beginning, right? Uh, You can change that a little bit. I suppose we could spruce it up for Paramount or whatever. (laughs) On March 18th, he sounded like the most juvenile Instagram fuckboy sliding into a sexy lady's DMs by writing, I showed you my dick, you have to answer me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize how many people actually send dick pics over Instagram, and it is fucking creepy. Holy shit. There's a lot of fucking psychopaths out there. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I tuck it first. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So either they don't know if it's a vagina or not, mm-hmm.
0: not. Perfect. Now, as he actually wrote, I told you all about my past. I gave you a true account of it, too. I did not think you would care for me after. But you told me then that you cared more for me then than you did before. Mm.
1: I mean, we got to give him a little credit because he's avoiding the extreme poetry yeah, level here. Yeah. So it's not like too cringy. It's It's pretty rough. (laughs) These are like
2: daily letters to this kid. I forgot how old. I'm sure the mail
0: comes in and he's just like, Jesus Christ, a fucking another one? I know. He's 27. The boy's 14.
1: Ah, Okay, so he's in that weird area. He wants to find the love of his life for permanent. Mr. Bellboy, he's still playing the field a little bit. He's got plenty more bells to
2: be bopping. He's got 14-year-old things to worry about.
1: Yeah, okay. This makes sense then. All right. He de- he does need to like swoon him a little bit better in his letters. Yeah. Yeah. If I read this and it you get the letter and it's probably got a little red kiss on it and it probably stinks like old yeah, man. No, it's got perfume. a little red mushroom stamp instead of a kiss. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was trying to think of what cologne they'd be wearing in the eight- in 1900s.
2: Uh hide hide brute? the pig shit smell. Fruit? <laughs> cologne. Cuz I assume everything smelled like pig shit. That would be mm-hmm. my guess. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Smells
2: so like they cover. Missouri.
1: They just cover it with the smell of dirt. Yeah, delicious dirt.
2: <laughs> smells like Missouri ba- pig shit. It must be from Bill. Is <laughs> that Kansas City pig shit. At last, Williams came to the bottom of his depression spiral. He believed that Johnny had made a final decision never to return to him. On April 12, 1905, after riding a train from St. Louis, William reached the Keller's St. Paul apartment in a nervous and emotional state. Mm. Only one day previous had Chef Boyardee himself, John Keller, told his (laughs) wife that he would shoot Williams if he didn't leave the boy alone. So when Williams appeared at the apartment, Mrs. Keller questioned him coldly, asking what he was doing where he was not wanted. Mm. It is probable that she also told him of her husband's threat of fatal violence, as Williams knew verbatim what she said when they questioned him after the incident's and he also claimed he armed himself to deal exclusively with mr keller if when he went to the apartment he was there to ah, shoot him okay gotcha. all right williams' information fell through however when he realized that johnny's father had once again left st paul to work after talking to mrs keller williams departed in a huff and did not return until 8 at night he found mrs keller and johnny alone and what actually happened next can never be truly known but two deaths were the final result. Williams was charged with first degree murder at once. Moving with insane speed, County Attorney Thomas R. Kane was able to bring Williams' case on trial by may eleventh, less than a month after the slayings. District Judge Olin B. Lewis <laughs> I love this band. <laughs> he presided.
1: He just winks at him. I got my own bellboy. I'm I'm <laughs> I got you,
2: brother. I got my own bellboys at home. <laughs> they call me Olin for a reason because I'm Olin for that bellboy ass. I don't get it. Francis H. Clark and James Cormacan represented Williams. The St. Paul Dispatch, a newspaper, hmm. had this prophetic statement to say on day one of the trial
1: County Attorney Kane succeeded in having exclude one or two jurors that might otherwise have proved acceptable on the score of having
2: scruples against the infliction of the death penalty. Trying to keep those New England reformers off the jury. Mm. Mm. Can't trust them. Like we said, big problem.
1: They'll be spilling their fucking clam chowder everywhere.
2: That's right. Get the fuck out of here. No
1: clam chowder in my courtroom, cocksuckers.
2: Unless it's, yeah, back then I bet they only liked the red one. Yeah, probably. The red one's fine. I I like the white one. I always forget about
0: the red one. Red one sucks. And I've never had clam chowder, so... You should have the white one. It's good. Have you ever had a (laughs) bellboy? Roasted over an open fire? Yes.
2: (laughs) No, I don't like clams, so... Well, they're little small pieces, usually. Yeah. Get the Campbell's. Campbell's one is good. I like it. It's fucking amazing. Well, homemade's good. Oh, of course. Outback Steakhouse if, has the best clam I chowder. I bet
1: even Ratchet-ass fucking Johnny, the sober cook, could even cook you a good uh clam chowder. Drink. Yeah, if I'm going soup, I'm going split pea and ham.
2: Yeah. But what about I mean, your
1: Wisconsin beer if,
2: cheese? If yeah. If we had fucking a choice, we would always have bomb soups, but uh. sometimes we gotta have clam chowder out of the right. progresso. Right. The prosecution opened its case with Mrs. Klein. She recounted her memories of Mrs. Keller's dying accusation that Williams had shot her and her son. Officer Hanft testified that Williams had admitted to shooting someone at One Reed Court, and the argument had stemmed from young Johnny Keller refusing to come away with him. Mm. Other policemen offered their testimony of finding the revolver at the scene of the crime. Mm. And he had already admitted to that anyways. Next up were the medical professionals. They testified that Johnny Keller had a bullet wound in the back of his head and another in his neck. Both were blackened and singed, which indicated that the weapon had been fired at close range. The boy's body had lain in bed, they said, in a natural pose. He was not dressed, and with such wounds, the experts stated, he could not have moved after being shot.
1: And he was alive, but he just couldn't move. Mm -hmm.
2: The medical experts also stated that Mrs. Keller had been shot from the front, the wound in her back, which Mrs. Klein had observed blood torrenting out of, was in fact the exit, exit wound. wound. okay. Next up for the jury's consideration were all of the young, angsty, horny, violent letters that were sent for two months straight from St. Louis. <laughs> they were read in full, and to complete its case, the prosecution called the slain boy's father, who testified fully to the statutory passion Williams had for his son.
1: Mm. I just envision the judge. He they're reading the letters. He's like sweating. He's like, man, I wish Pierre would read the, would write me these letters. My, my, my
2: French bellboy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> getting to go home and spank <laughs> him so hot. <hard. laughs> Sometimes I wear his bellboy uniform while he spanks me. We role plays him. I sends, bring my suitcase to him. He sentences me to a life
0: sentence. <laughs> we like to pretend that my pants are the suitcase, and I have him open it for me.
2: <laughs> Take out my luggage now, bellboy. Okay, here we go. The jury was swayed heavily by John's testimony, especially the part of William Williams' endless, impassioned pursuit or stalking, of young Johnny, Mm -hmm. even after his parents had separated them. After this weirdly too personal and sordid affair had been trotted out before the jury, Williams took the stand in his own defense. You'll never guess what defense he went with. Temporary insanity. Wow. He claimed to have no recollection as to what happened after the train stopped in St. Paul and he made the first visit to the apartment. After he was turned away by Mrs. Keller... He claimed he walked into the first saloon he saw and got obliterated. Mm. That's where his memory ends and his temporary insanity kicks in, he says. We've all been there. Somehow, though, he also testifies that he remembers returning to the Keller apartment as he had nowhere else to stay. He said he and Johnny tried to get in the bed together and sleep, but Mrs. Keller sat in the other room yelling angry and provoking statements that made it impossible for the two men to get some shut-eye. Well, one man and one boy. Yes, let's 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 actually say it like it is. Yeah. yeah. Do you, does it go
1: into detail who is the big spoon?
2: It doesn't. Uh, they left that I out. Of the I feel like the that'd testimony. be critical evidence here. It's got to be William <laughs> because the boy was shot in the ah, back, right, neck and right. back.
1: Unless he was like reaching around to caress his head, press oh, like his, his hair, hair,
2: and then yeah. That anyway. sounds. Uh, you gotta have some good <laughs> <Yeah. wrist> movement. <laughs> This constant tongue lashing from Mrs. Keller was enough, in combination with the copious amounts of alcohol, mm. to whip Williams into a violent anger. He claimed at this point he remembered getting up in some sort of struggle, and his next memory was him standing in the kitchen holding a smoking revolver. Mm. As a last ditch attempt at saving his own ass, Williams tried the old I told Lieutenant Hanft that someone had been shot, not that I shot someone. <laughs> <laughs> Just someone was shot at one Reed core department. Sir, I yep. think the
1: only thing you're insane for is a bellboy's bottom.
2: Yeah. Oh my goodness. That should have been a fucking Aaron Clapton song. You should name that the episode <laughs> Bellboy's <week>. bottoms? <laughs> Hot ass bellboy bottoms?
1: <laughs> no. Maybe we shouldn't. Local bellboys are in your area. <laughs> bellboys are an endangered species. So. Are they? I think so. Yeah, I mean, they're going out of style. Yeah, if... Predators like Will Williams are on the prowl. They ain't safe.
0: That explains the recent drop
2: in (laughs) bellboys. That is. It's all Billy. Now, what this fucking idiot did by rambling on and on about his fugue state was admit to visiting the Keller apartment armed, Mm. admit to being present when the shots were fired, admitted to holding the recently fired murder weapon after the murders were committed, Mm. admitted that it was his revolver that did the shooting. (laughs) Daddy John Keller's testimony and William's own letters gave ample evidence of motive. The only question appeared to be whether William's defense of temporary insanity would be enough to hold up. Yeah, not feeling it. Unfortunately for the defendant, the medical examiners found him incredibly sane. Oh, you, can't, you can't
1: just get drunk, cuddle a boy, and shoot him and say you're insane. No, that's not how that works. We do. Everybody does that on a daily basis. So. Robert Downey Jr. did it, and now he's Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. So chill.
2: Chill with the shooting them.
1: Maybe Will Williams will make it on uh, Endgame. We don't know.
2: (laughs) Nothing more could really be said, and on May 19th, 1905, the case went to jury. The jury really thought about this one. In fact, they brought a question back to the trial judge, Mr. Olin, right away. Hmm. And when they asked, if Johnny was shot in a crime of passion, and Williams went to the apartment without intent to murder Johnny... Is it still first-degree murder? Technically, not. The judge did not answer the juror's question, but instead reread the charges and said, "These are what we're going with." Hmm. After five more hours of deliberation, the jury returned with its verdict: guilty of murder in the first degree. <sighs> Oof!
1: Who do you? Th- uh, one quick question: Who do you think the mortal enemy of a bellboy would be? Like, who would be the? I'm going to say anyone
0: named that- William Williams, a no, soda no, no. jerk.
1: A so, is that a hotel job?
2: No. It's somebody at like. I was going
1: to say, would it be like who's the guy who defends the front door at hotel?
2: The doorman. <laughs> yeah, the door.
1: <laughs> okay, not defend. Oh my god! <laughs> Do you think
0: they have like a little fort up there? I think there, they have Cody? a lot of
1: weaponry like, underneath that key, very long trench. Coat. Okay, you can get in. The brave knights. They have of the front little door. gun, little gun under their weird hat, and lots of weaponry. Who
2: defends
1: the front door? <laughs> <laughs> You're a. F-
2: You're brilliant. (laughs) I love you.
1: Well, I was just going to say, what if the whole juror's
2: row was just filled with them? Oh, then that's free. Yeah. Because they don't split their tips with the doorman. They don't do shit. No. They get all the credit for bringing the bags up. Yeah. Bullshit. (laughs) After the verdict was announced, the county attorney moved for immediate sentence, which the court granted. When asked if he had anything to say, Williams replied quietly with, No, judge. If I must die, it might as well be now, than later. Mm. He was sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. Mm. The St. Paul Dispatch reported, He heard his awful fight with composure. The newspaper's British now. By 1905, with New England reformers swarming all over the country, calling for the enforcement of a unified federal justice system, it was routine for death sentences to be appealed to the Supreme Court. Mm. But on December 8th, 1905... The MN Supreme Court affirmed the lower court's decision. Shortly after the decision was handed down, Governor John A. Johnson oh, issued his warrant.
1: Oh God. <laughs> He's, He's got
2: a bellboy, too. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: Samuel. They might as well just put him on trial now. <laughs>
1: Samuel, don't ever abandon me.
2: <laughs> Another German governor. <laughs> John A. Johnson issued his warrant for Williams' ex- execution, setting the date of his hanging as February 13th, 1906. While awaiting his death, Williams found new sides to his life. He became contemplative and kindly. On February 2nd, he joined the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. <laughs> this sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like every person on Death Road does this. Remember that
1: uh, the kind of stupid memes like, where do you find Jesus? In the on death row, yeah. Uh, all right.
2: Buddy. In the barrel of a forty-five, <laughs> Jesus probably had his bellboys too. So and his forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> Fortified by his new faith, he was able to face death without fear, and even joke about his predicament. He even plunged wildly into a series of checkers tournaments. That Whoa! Went, that what? Went <laughs> Whoa! King me, motherfucker! Let's go. <laughs> Those went all the way up to the night of his execution. He did not win the final tournament. Uh, was it because of a temporary case of death? I think so. Yes, <laughs> he was, was gonna gonna uh, say,
1: disqualified. I, I hope he doesn't fall in love with checkers boys now. Fuck! Fuck.
0: I mean, I keep was going
1: to say, keep your hands off my checker boys. It is, it is a good move on him to join
0: the Roman Catholic Church. Oh yeah, for boys. Yeah, uh, I didn't even put that together. Wow,
1: yeah.
2: nice sure, Jordan. Good, one. good association. Ultra boys, it bell only boys. Took you the whole episode. I mean, they're pretty similar. <laughs> they're all boys in the end, ain't right. they? How, I oh, it so took striking. it took him the whole episode to just, come. Just become ignore funny. it, Jordan. <laughs> just ignore it. Let the boy let the boy make funny. I'll make funny you later, but not right now. <laughs> On the night of February thirteenth, after a simple final meal of medium cooked steak and mm. fried potatoes, that's a nice yeah. meal. Definitely, I'd take that. It, it's a standard, certainly just old reliable. <laughs> Fuck it, why f- don't fix when i ain't broken? Mm. Williams walked to the scaffold in a brand new suit shirt. Collar and necktie. This was he wasn't well, a it was, bellboy. hop. <laughs> sir. So what if was he was cosplaying bus- on his execution <laughs> day yeah.
1: as a bellboy? So it's a business formal execution. Yeah.
2: Yes,
1: yes. I just imagine him sitting there with his hands crossed, and he just like has a white glove, and he's like, "This way, sir. <laughs> Can I get your luggage this way? <laughs> Let sir. me carry your noose for you."
2: He <laughs> put on the black cap and cloak without a moment's hesitation. Mm. As he stood on the trapdoor, he made a dignified final statement saying that he was innocent of killing young Johnny Keller, the best friend he ever had, and that he was dying a victim of judicial murder. Also, you gotta kinda
1: accuse somebody if you're gonna say you're innocent. Who do you think killed him, the dad? He's putting the system
2: on trial. (laughs) It was those damn concierges. That's right. Ah, he's been framed. The concierge is the only one. That's more important up the totem pole than the bellboy.
1: Yep. <laughs> this whole episode reminds me of Dunstan Checks In. Hell yeah. Because I, I, a boy loves a monkey.
2: It reminds me of that movie where Michael J. Fox was a hotel concierge, but I can't remember what it was called. Uh, I'll figure Teen it out. Wolf. Yep, Teen <laughs> Wolf. That's the one. <laughs> I was going to say Back to the Future too. Hmm. I'm, I'm, Close. <laughs> I wish you would all just news fall. radio. I wish you would all go to the n- noose tie. <laughs> <laughs> he then turned to the priest attending his final moments and simply said, "Goodbye." He said,
1: "Ding." You <laughs> are the weakest link. <laughs> he hit the little button, the little bell, the hop. little bell. Hop, Bing Bing I want it to ring in my ears one final time. (laughs) I just picture him dropping on the noose and then they put his feet just low enough so they ting the little bells. As he's kicking around.
2: (laughs) The sheriff released the trap door at 12.31 a.m. And Williams fell through quickly. But there was an immediate uproar in the audience. He's on the floor! The rope was six inches too long. Oh, shit. Three deputy sheriffs immediately ran to the platform, hauled up the rope, and held the man's feet off the floor for 14 and a half minutes until he choked to death. Holy (laughs) fuck. As soon as Williams was pronounced dead, spectators seized the rope and cut it into small pieces for souvenirs. Wow. Okay. What shitty people. The reason this happened was the bumblebutt sheriff had tested the weight with rocks. (laughs) Rocks? Unlike rope and flesh, do not stretch when they're hung. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) The rope stretched
2: eight inches. The neck stretched four, leaving six very important inches that changed the course of his death from immediate to terrifying and brutal. Fuck! That is, is just like Dunston checks in. Runs. That's
1: exactly like that poor monkey <laughs> when they hang him at the end. They, yeah. they're like humans are clearly much larger than monkeys yes. are. So we
2: we didn't account for this no. at all. And they can climb the rope. He just climbed. He just climbed his way to the top of the yeah. scaffold and shot us all. <laughs> <laughs> the spectators that were present, and I dare say the rest of the nation, took mm. this bungled execution to heart. They really had to search inside of themselves. Williams was dead, but his influence went marching on in terms of death sentences in Minnesota's future, and weirdly providing a linchpin in defining what freedom of the press entails. After this, a few of the local Minnesota newspapers were all put on trial for reporting on this after a law was passed called the John Daly Law, okay, which meant that they couldn't report in excruciating detail about executions. Just time of death and whatever, oh. but that had been ignored up until like okay. like they just wrote whatever the hell they wanted, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But up until this bungled one, that's when they started enforcing it because they, obviously yeah. they didn't want the public to know that they fucking sucked at hanging people. <laughs> so after that, the newspapers went on trial. They were found guilty of misdemeanors, but then the John Daly law was uh, uh, repealed, and they were able to cover executions. I didn't know golfers had such influence on press laws. Isn't that weird?
1: (laughs) How names just go crazy. So, even today, they can put as much as they want in there? Yeah, yeah. I guess not. I mean, people get executed, but it's just like, all right, IV line slowly entering man's body. Yeah. If they want to but it's like entering men's body. Who cares? Oh yeah, now he's know. taking a nap. Yeah. He he's But guess what? He's not gonna wake up from it. <laughs> mm mm. I think we should put you as an announcer during the next Lethal on Jackson, Jordan. That was I think so. Yeah, he could do it on Twitch. Here it comes. They're coming down the speedway. It's the poisonous material entering his body, and there it is. He's off.
2: Donate bits Time to starts. see Donate bits to see
1: which uh, which poison will hit his bloodstream first. <laughs> which organs are failing first. Here we go. My money's on spleen. Here we go. His heart rate's dropping at 60. Now it's 50. Now it's 40. Now it's 30. Now it's 10, 5, 4, and he- He's dead! <laughs> see, I could be a uh, football announcer. You see that? You're in just there. Practice. Uh, you're in there. Maybe our boy Paul Allen, the Vikings guy, he'd be perfect for that. The
2: voice of the Vikings himself? <laughs> yeah,
1: this is the most depressed man in Minnesota. God.
2: <laughs> William Williams' crimes are undefendable. Mm. There is no question of his guilt. And the factors surrounding his pedophilic relationship mm. don't mitigate his crimes either. No. But by a weird twist of fate, his hanging was the final straw for the death penalty in the state of Minnesota. Right. Using Williams' case to turn public sentiment against what the reformers called the barbaric act of hanging, hmm. Governor Adolf O. Eberhardt signed the law to make first-degree murder punishable by life imprisonment on April twenty-second, 1911.
1: I, well, first off, I'm pretty sure that guy has a bellhop, too. But number two, uh, I think... I was gonna say I, this feels like one of the very last hangings. This is the last hanging yeah, yeah, yeah. carried
2: out in Minnesota.
1: That's crazy. That is fucked up. That the last hanging is like the most
2: botched one I've ever heard of in my life. Makes <laughs> Jesus sense though, right? Yeah, that'll definitely sway the public in. Like he feels himself drop, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> deputies ran over and fucking hoisted him. They went over with their white gloves this way, sir. <laughs> R.I.P. Minnesota yeah. Death Penalty, eighteen fifty nine to nineteen eleven. I uh... R.I.P. in peace. I can
1: say pretty. I mean, from you telling us, sir, I'm pretty confident that he knew exactly what he was doing. He's the type of uh passion lover who's like, if I can't have him, nobody can. Certainly, and then killed the mother because she was They're keeping them in the vicinity. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't. There's. I mean, there's really no logical reason who else would do it besides him. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. why would you run to the fucking police station after seeing It was him.
2: There's first-hand witnesses. Yeah.
1: Sometimes you got to remember, not if they don't love you back, just let them go. Let it go. Exactly. There's
2: plenty of other bellhops in the world for you. They're all over. Yeah. Or at least they were at this time. Yeah. Maybe not so much anymore. And you know what? You could even give a housekeeper a shot. <laughs> give it a run. What's the worst that
1: could happen? You have a clean house. That's what'll happen. Mm. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Hmm? <laughs> She'll tell you about all the nasty shit they find in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Those are good stories, right there, mm. because people, humans, are fucking disgusting. Yeah, they're so. trash. <laughs> yes, they are trash. I mean, I do like to shit in the ice bucket. Yeah, yeah but that's seems just like a Jordan activity.
2: It's Just a something so, we all I could have just see
1: it. Jordan, him and his friends at a hotel. His friends reaching in the ice bucket. He's like, "This is shit. This is an ice. What the fuck?"
2: and then he yeah, eats like, it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's the end of this one. The it's end of the one. rope and the end of the story, my friend.
1: Very good story. Yes. Lots of twists. I love that. Do you yeah. Get,
2: this one was a uh, real wild. Yeah. It was nuts, right? Yeah. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think Do cause...
2: you uh, do you get why I call it the end of the rope now? Yes.
0: Why? <laughs> I get because there's no longer hangings hey. in Minnesota. Hey. Ah,
2: is pure, is perfect. You've done mm-hmm. it. So, what a great episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at BumbleButtPodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? BumbleButtPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at BumbleButtPod. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at BumbleButtPodcast. Instagram is, of course, our main focus right now. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. We appreciate everyone checking in. Uh, that's gonna do it for me, I'm Adam, that's gonna do it for Cody, that's me, and that's gonna do it for Jordan, that's me, and that's gonna do it for all of us here at Bumblebutt Podcast. Did you
1: tell the bellhops to email us their love stories? Absolutely.
2: So, <laughs> e- email us this week, subject line, bellhop love stories, bellhop erotica, bellhop erotica, uh, and bellhop fanfic, tell us your hottest bellhop <laughs> stories, if you were a bellhop at any time hottest bellhop stories yeah that'll do that'll do
1: the way those pants just fit around him I love a man with sexy starched clothing and white gloves that gold trim
0: on that suit ooh the tail's wow. hanging
1: off his jacket
2: A tiny little hat I'm gonna fucking come <laughs> alright uh Listen up on Wednesday for New Between the Bumbles. Thank you. Have a good weekend, unless Tuesday. Mm, see ya. No, 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 I'm not even gonna sing it.
0: Me and like when it's time like lion with